Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Virtual Voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm your host, Abigail Snyder, and this is the Armchair Travel Show where you don't have to leave your comfort zone. If your comfort zone is your car, you stay there. If your comfort zone is your dorm room, you stay there. And if your comfort zone is your living room, you stay there. Last time on the Virtual Voyage, we were in Jerusalem, and we went to two potential spots for Jesus' death and burial, and we examined the evidence. And after doing so, we saw that the Church of the Holy Sepulchre most likely marks the spot of Jesus' death, but the actual rock that we got to touch is it's simply too high for that to be the actual rock upon which Jesus died. We have to keep in mind that, remember how we went up the stairs to the rock? That doesn't make sense, and also... We know that we're several layers on top of the Jerusalem of Jesus' time. So it doesn't quite make sense, but we do believe that it marks the general area. We also learn that there's no way for the tomb inside the Church of the Holy Sepulchre to be the tomb of Jesus, for many reasons, the main one being that it's too close to the spot of the crucifixions. We know the Romans would have performed many crucifixions at that common site, uh, the site where Jesus also was crucified. They didn't see Jesus as anyone special. They saw him as a, as a criminal, just like the others. And that's where the Romans would have been dumping bodies. So no rich man like Joseph of Arimathea would have ever put his nice tomb that close to the dumping ground, you could say, for bodies. Well, after that, we headed over to the garden tomb. And yes, it was a very nice place where we could be reverent and where we could worship. But I submitted to you that I don't believe it's the place for Jesus' death or his burial. Uh, we saw how the Golgotha rock the rock upon which they believe Jesus died, it really had no hard evidence for being there at the garden tomb. Uh, we learned that in the 1800s, it looked like a skull to some extent, but the rock has now shifted. So now, today, about 200 years later, we're seeing that it doesn't really look like a, a skull at all. And 2,000 years ago, not a chance. We also went into the supposed tomb of Christ there, but we learned how it's a first temple period tomb which is much before Christ's day as he was second temple period. That's when he came. So that can't be his tomb. Um, we do know that the tomb of Christ is probably somewhere in the vicinity of the garden tomb. The garden tomb, again, is a good marker of, of the location, uh, the general location as to where Jesus was buried. We know that there are some second temple period tombs around the garden tomb area, and they would have belonged to rich people. Easily one of them could have been Joseph's. So we probably can't definitively ever pinpoint one, but I would declare that that really doesn't matter. You know, Christ is no longer in that tomb, and that's the best news of all. Well, today on the Virtual Voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, we're going to two places that we've walked by nearly every time we've entered through the Jaffa Gate, but we've never stopped there. So today I want to do just that. So we're going to be off to the Tower of King David, the Tower of David, or the Citadel, as we'll learn about and Christchurch. So grab your gear and let's head down Jaffa Street through the Jaffa Gate. And here we are standing right in front of it. So so look to the right here. Remember this? I, I've mentioned it in the past and we walked by it many times. It's called the Tower of David. And also check out, we're actually going to be up there soon. Do you see really towering in the sky there? There's a tower. We've seen that many times coming into Jerusalem, right? But now it's our turn to head inside the compound and actually climb up it. Well, for now, let's head up the stairs here and, and let me tell you a little bit about this place that we're standing inside of right now. We just came out into the compound and, and first things first, people call this the Tower of David, also known as the Citadel. Now, that's a little bit of a bad name because it has nothing, zero, to do with King David. 
It actually was built in the medieval period, which is way after King David. So, I mean, that's even way after Jesus' time. The medieval period is, is way removed from all of that. But you have to understand that back when this was constructed in the medieval times, this place that we're standing right now was the most vulnerable spot in the entire city. And you can probably imagine why we're right here on the outskirts of the city. Uh, there's a hill down there, and then people can come up and easily try to uh, attack and take over the city. So this extra fortification was constructed. And the tall tower also plays a role. That, that's part of the whole idea with the construction that we have here. People could climb up that tower, right, that, that tower rather, right over there. We're going to be up it soon. And they could get a great view of Jerusalem. And they could watch for impending attackers. So in reality, there's a little bit of history here. The structure was constructed on top of a foundation that King Herod built. And we have that according to Josephus, the, the Jewish historian, right, who kept so many great records. You also have already probably begun to notice the different layers of stone that have been used to build the structure. And that's really because this isn't a structure that is just standing from one time period. We have to remember this structure was technically started by King Herod. Well, well, he built the foundation for it, essentially. Then we have the Arabs, and they conquered Jerusalem and rebuilt this in, I believe, the 600s. Uh, then the Crusaders conquered it from the Arabs in 1099. And then the Mamluks, well, they came along, they destroyed it, but then they rebuilt it in um, the, the 1300s. Yes, there we go. So there's quite a bit of history here. And you, you look at these stones, and you'll probably hear me say this in the future, but, but stones have a lot of significance. Pottery has a lot of significance. And we might say, uh, good grief, that's just broken pieces of, of pottery shards and rocks. What is, what, is, what is significant about that? But these stones actually point us in the pottery that we'll see later on the virtual voyage. They actually point us to different time periods. So it's really important to actually, uh, in fact, many archaeologists and many, many tour guides here in Israel will study stones, will study pottery and be able to identify it to tell you what time period we're looking at. We've seen this with the Western Wall, right? We saw how there were various stones from various time periods and they kind of allowed us to date portions of the wall. So same thing here. These groups, they literally left their mark on the place, and we see so many layers of stone around us. But that allows us to actually to, to date the structure, and it gives us a greater sense of the history here. Now, when we get inside, we're going to even see many structures in the middle, and they're not all from one group. We're going to see different architecture. It's going to be really fascinating. But back to the history of this place. As recently as the War for Independence in Israel, which was not that long ago, this was actually used by Jordanians as a military outpost. Uh, if you think back to our tour where we walked through the Mamilla Mall and talked about how that was a division between East and West Jerusalem, East Jerusalem being occupied by the Jordanians and West Jerusalem by the Israelis. Well, well, this fortress here, it sits in between East and West Jerusalem. So as I, as I said, East Jerusalem, Jordanian, West Jerusalem, Israeli. So this fortress for the Jordanians was advantageous because there's this tower that tower we're going to go up, and, and it allows one to get a great view of the city. So it really was the perfect lookout point. Well, that's enough talk. Let's do what we're here to do. So let's go in and check this place out here on the Virtual Voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We come out into this open area, and if you look there in the middle, see the middle here? You see a bunch of stone structures. And yes, they're mainly destroyed at this point. You might say, Abigail, why are you calling them stone structures? It's piles of, piles of stones, but, but it is more than that. And we'll get into all of that. This is part of traveling to a place where a lot of things are destroyed. So we have to use our imagination. Imagine that instead of looking and seeing piles of old stones in front of us, that we saw this bustling, 
fortress. Think about people from times past using this as an extra fortification for the city of Jerusalem. Imagine them running around with bows and arrows and shouting about impending attackers. That's the history of this place here. Well, back to the reality now of ancient stones that now stand in ruins. We have many options as to where we can go in here and check out some of these spots, but how about we head up these stairs first? Okay, so come over here. They're very steep. A lot of a lot of uh, steps that have been built uh, to go up walls are just very steep, steep here in Israel. So make sure that you hold on to the handrails. Okay, now come over here. We made it up the stairs and, and come here. Do you see these little holes in the wall? See, right now we're actually on top of the wall and we're going to walk around the top of the wall of this fortress. Now, now, there's these vertical, small little vertical cutouts in the wall here, and you're probably thinking, well, this is some horrendous construction. Those architects back then needed some help. And, you know, I too had similar thoughts when I came here first, but then I found out that the holes in the sides of the fortress, well, they're not due to bad architecture. They're actually holes that archers could have used to shoot arrows out of. Can you, you can probably start to see it now, right, once I say that? These holes, they're like, you know, these little vertical holes, they're just big enough for the archer to get a view of the enemy and then get an arrow out of. But they're not big enough for the enemy to shoot back and get an arrow in through the hole, so it's quite sneaky. And later on, with the development of rifles, bullets were shot out of the holes too. So it's quite an architectural feat, not a disaster. And I'll say they're nice for us today because they allow us to get a good look at the surrounding area of Jerusalem. We can kind of just peek out through the little holes and that's especially good if you're not tall enough to see out over the walls. I like to try and imagine what it would have been like for all the people groups from ages past to walk on the walls of the fortress, worried about impending attackers. And you know, if you just squint a little bit, you can almost see a crusader with all his gear standing right there, right in front of us. Look, he, he sees the enemy, he bends down quickly, he grabs an arrow, he shoots it, and his aim was perfect, and you can hear the enemy screaming to take cover. Many scenes like that would have unfolded right here. You're standing in the midst of rich history. As we continue to wind our way around the walls, here's a photo opportunity you won't want to miss. It's a beautiful look at the Temple Mount and the Dome of the Rock. And let me tell you, you'll never regret a great picture of the Dome of the Rock. Well, now it's time to fly high, so to speak. We're going to climb up the large tower that sticks out as one of the highest structures in the old city. We don't know if it's actually the highest structure because it actually sits on a higher point of Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem is hilly. So, so this structure looks to be really tall, but another structure at a lower point of Jerusalem, you could say, might beat it. But definitely, it's one of the taller ones around here. Like I've said, we've seen it many times while coming in through the Jaffa Gate, and now it's our turn to go up there. So we're going to climb a lot of stairs, so let's best get started. I promise, the view at the top will be worth it. 178 stairs conquered nice so look down over here and see the inside of the tower of david all the archaeological ruins think of the times past and all the people that used this as a fortress think of how they would have been uh, bustling about in the midst of in the midst of all of that right there and now turn and get a view of the old city turn over here yes isn't that beautiful you can now see why this was such a great place for people to use as a lookout and we have another view of the Dome of the Rock and the Temple Mount, which I'll never say no to. Okay, now follow my hand here. See my hand? Yep. Okay, now follow it to the right just a little bit. Stop there. Do you see the blue-green dome-looking structure? 
Yeah, that's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre from our last tour. Now, we're going to take a few steps around the circular lookout top to come over here and look over there. Do you see that, that rectangular boxy structure? That's the King David Hotel. That's where President Trump stays. And also, if you just go a little bit to the right, see the tall, uh, tall structure with the dome at the top? That's the Jerusalem YMCA. And we've been there before. We were right over there. And then also, just a little bit to the right of that would be, well, right and also back a little bit would be, would be Jaffa Street, where we came from. It's rare to be able to get such a panoramic view of the city like this because, I mean, Jerusalem doesn't have a lot of high spots, you could say, so enjoy it while it lasts. Let's head on down at this point. While we're walking down all these steps, I'll tell you something else that happens here that's really cool. You might even come back on a free day and enjoy it. So at night, the Tower of David hosts these shows, and there are, I think, 20 projectors they use to project the story of King David, and I believe they also have some other stories you can choose from, some other shows. And they project those onto the tall walls that we're standing on. They kind of use those as the background for the projector. And you get to sit and just feel totally encapsulated as they're telling these stories. And those stories would have happened right here in the vicinity of where we're standing. Obviously, we know that this is not, as some people would say, the palace of King David. We were already at King David's palace down in the city of David, different from the Tower of David. And that's down a little bit, down right with the Gihon Spring and, and Hezekiah's Tunnel, where, where we were at a few tours ago. But still, this is the general area of where all of that unfolded. Well, let's exit the tower. That's a pretty cool experience. And now you know the story of the Tower of David. It has nothing to do with David. Good trivia right there. It was originally built, like I said, by the medievals. And many other groups left their marks on it, too. And you got to actually walk up on the walls, learn about the holes in the wall. And we'll see more of those in the future. So keep that in mind and climb up the tower. I mean, that is some exciting stuff. Well, now we're actually going to completely exit the, the Tower of David, this whole fortress in here, and we're just going to cross the street. But watch out. This is a street that's still in use. Cars come flying by. Okay, I think we're good. Let's hustle across. So we're going to enter this compound. Now, read the sign here on the gate, and you'll see it's called Christchurch. Wait here. I'm going to go look for my friend. Today, he may be off from work, though. I don't know. Oh, sad times. My friend is not here. He gives amazing tours of Christchurch. I can't even tell you. I guess that just means uh, we'll have to come back here on the Virtual Voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This right here, it's an important place that you need to know about. First, if you ever just want to stop by and pray or have some peace, this is the place to come. You see that it's, it's pretty quiet for the most part. There are sometimes large groups that come in for a tour. But there are even places around back. They won't take tour, uh, large tour groups. So you can always have some peace. It's just so pretty and so reverent. So we're standing in front of this church you're probably noticing. It's called Christ Church. It was consecrated in 1849. Yeah, a while ago. It actually has quite a title. The oldest Protestant church building in Israel and actually throughout the entire Middle East, now that I think about it. So let's go ahead on inside. No one's in here right now, so we're not going to disturb anyone by, by my talking. So let's walk up to the front, and I want you to tell me what you see. And, and this may not be super clear to you, so, so I recognize that. But you may notice something up there at the front. Do you see that tall brown box-like structure with this menorah on it? Well, I know you haven't been in many synagogues, but, but for any Jewish person, that would immediately make them think of the Torah Ark that's inside of synagogues. Except we're not in a synagogue, we're in a church. Interesting. Okay, then bring your eyes up a little bit and look at the table closer to us. It has some Hebrew inscribed on it. It has two open Bibles on it. 
But what that actually is, is it's an altar that we'd find in many Christian churches. And what's something else that you don't see here? Crosses. Crosses. There's, there's no crosses, right? There are no crosses in Christchurch. There's also no pictures of Jesus or, or stained glass windows of Jesus hanging on the cross. So maybe you're starting to get the idea. Yes, this is a church, but many Jews come into it. And so as a way to not offend them, Christ Church has actually added Jewish elements like the Torah Ark and taken away some Christian elements like crosses or Jesus hanging on the cross. It's still very much Christian with the altar, but I've seen many Jews come in here and actually think that they're standing inside a synagogue and be quite confused. It's very interesting. There's also a whole museum to the side with some really cool 3D models of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. But actually, I'm going to have my friend explain all that to you, so we'll just have to wait to check that out. But you can be looking forward to that. It has some uh, just amazing, um, like I said, models of, of Jerusalem. You'll get to see some of the valleys. You'll get to see what it looked like in the past, what it looks like now. Um, just a fantastic museum in there, and I know you'll really enjoy it. But in the meantime, I do have his permission to take you down to a really cool place. It's a little awkward to get to, I'll admit. We actually have to go into the Christchurch Cafe, which is this great place right over here. Follow me. If you're ever inside the old city and you want a snack or a meal, just stop in here. It is perfect. So now we're going to go in through this door. It looks like we're going to go into this closet. There are going to be some brooms and some mops on the side. I know it's, it's very strange. I get this, but you're going to love it. Now we're going to go down these very steep and old steps. I have to knock some of the cobwebs on the way. Okay, are all the virtual voyagers down here now? I know the people up there were giving us very strange looks. I promise I have my friend's permission. A little odd, yes. But we're actually literally traveling back in time to what I think is one of the coolest places we'll get to check out here on the virtual voyage. Most people would never get to see this because it requires some exclusive access. So luckily I've got you guys there. So we come down the steps and it looks like we're in this basement, you could call it, but it is way more than that. Here's the thing. We actually know where King Herod's palace was. And without getting into all of the archaeology, I'll just say that where we're standing right now is where King Herod's palace would have been. Christ Church is actually inside of the, the boundaries of where King Herod's palace would have been. So now that we've come down these steps, if we were to actually just go a little bit farther down, we'd hit bedrock. And that's actually as far down as you can go. So we're really getting down to first, second temple period Jerusalem at this point. So look over here, you probably start to see some small pools of water, right, around your feet. But check this out, don't get too close, I don't want anyone falling in, because it's this huge cistern. There are actually ten cisterns, this being one of them, uh, down here, that would have been a part of Herod's palace. And, and water was super valuable for people in the time of Herod and Jesus. It was hard to get, so therefore it's even more valuable than gold, because you really need water. And who would have had the money to have such a large piece of land, have so many cisterns, and need so much water? Herod. So the cistern right here would have been on ground level in the time of King Herod. Obviously, like I said, the Jerusalem we are walking on now is built up several levels, but the levels, but this would have been ground level for Herod. There's also this hole here uh, on the wall, in the wall right here, and it leads to this tunnel. And we're not going to go in it, but check this out. The cistern would have overflowed with water, and the water would have gone rushing through this man-made canal in the tunnel. And guess where the canal goes? The Temple Mount, that's right. This tunnel right here in front of us goes to the Temple Mount. There are even stories about Herod using the tunnel to escape secretly from his palace. Now, today we can only go down about three football fields, maybe 300 yards down the tunnel before it's blocked 
but this is an absolutely exclusive location. And in all honesty, this is a rather famous tunnel. Many archaeologists have documented it and written about it. And it's so cool that we have the opportunity to be here. Okay, well, it's time to climb back out. Be careful. It's a little damp here from the cistern leftovers. And some of the steps get slippery. Uh, the, the best part is just people's faces when they watch all of us come out of that door that everyone thinks is a closet. No, we're not all just stuffed in there. There's something really cool down there, and if only they knew. You know, I've had many tour guides here in Israel, and not one has ever mentioned that spot. However, if we take our authenticity meter back out, I have to say that spot passes with flying colors. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Virtual Voyage, the armchair travel show with me, Abigail, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I hope you'll tune back in next time as we continue to see what Jerusalem has to offer. You won't want to miss it because it's all totally fantastic. See you next time on The Virtual Voyage. <laughs>